0: To a Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and we're very glad that you're joining us again today. Today we're going to have another very interesting show. We have invited back Bearhart, who is the author of this book, The Wind is My Mother. He is a Muskogee elder from the area of originally, uh, well not actually originally, but now known as Oklahoma, Needless to say, Native American peoples here have a very different sense of time and history and long predate our visitation to this land. And he will be speaking with us again, continuing the thread of conversation and laughter about his people, his life, and the work of what he's been involved in for so many years in counseling people helping people. He's been on the advisory board, for instance, at Johns Hopkins University Medical School to help and support, assist the development of schooling, medical school, for native peoples and Alaskan peoples. And he's been involved in the world in so many ways as a minister, as a healer, basically as a shaman and medicine man. Now where he comes from, he doesn't speak of these things as such. It is we, in our ways to identify our our efforts to understand something of the character of this gentleman and peoples uh, that he comes from to get a sense of the breadth and depth of their ways so distinct really from Western kinds of culture. So he'll be referring to this book, which is a beautiful, beautiful description of his life and the way of his people And certainly, it's very much worth your time reading and getting a sense of. You're immediately thrown into another way of looking, another way of being. And that's what happens, actually, just sitting in Bearheart's presence. So thanks so much for joining us, and stay tuned as you hear some of the words of a wise one, who, well, there are just fewer and fewer these days. So I cherish and welcome. His presence on a better world. Again, thank you so much. Oh, okay. Great to have you. Thank you. Now, among your other many skills and talents, you are a bit of a linguist, I understand. (laughs) Or is that just rumor?
1: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it could be be (laughs) (laughs) half-truth.
0: Before, as we were taking a pause, Berhard, between shows, you spoke a language that I've really not heard before and I was hoping perhaps Cherokee that you would share with our audience because it's so interestingly musical and also as you pointed out very similar in sound and tenor to Chinese that uh, from an anthropological point of view not to mention a musical one it's very interesting I think for me certainly and the audience to hear something of the parallel between them.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Would you share that with us?
1: Yes. uh, uh, The word of greeting is O-C-O. O-C-O. But in common usage, you drop that first O, just C-O. So imagine a man standing on one street corner, a Cherokee, sees another Cherokee and, and they greet each other. One says, Sio Kinale Hello, my friend. How are you? Oh, si. Nehenna. Just fine. And you? oost, good. <laughs> and if you are in a group of people and you're happy that they are there, you say, I'm grateful or, Thank all of you for coming here, and you say it like this in Cherokee so <laughs> in Cheyenne it would seem it beva it wore machish west. it's a straight yeah like that,
0: <laughs> more like monotone, yes. But the Cherokee really up moves, and down, up yeah, and down. like a melody line.
1: If you wrote a phonetic in Cherokee, you'd have to put little numbers above each syllable, up, down.
0: Oh up. yeah, like yeah. how many uh-huh. notes to go up, how many yeah. intervals, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> now, do you know any Hawaiian? Also, I mean, you've spent time in Hawaii, oh. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I know look, a lot I'm of Hawaiians. <laughs>
2: Well, that's a I good first a pair step. I scissors
1: for my first trip. <laughs> I heard they wore grass skirts. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. Because right. they were also very fast. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. There was this man on the flight to Hawaii, and there was a Hawaiian flight attendant. He wanted to impress her, so he asked someone how you say thank you in hawaiian he wanted to tell her that as he as well, he got bye. off the plane oh, yeah. so they finally landed to say uh, thank you is mahalo right mahalo so he had that going on in his mind so the finally came time for him to exit and as he was passing by he said mahalo <laughs> Instead of mahalo.
0: (laughs) And that's fresh. Yes. (laughs) Your time in Hawaii was very interestingly spent, (coughs) the little I know of it. And uh, among other activities, you were initiated into the ancient wisdom teaching of the Huna. Yes. By the 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 keepers of the secrets. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that initiation? Because stories of this sort, Bearheart, are so rare and far between in yes. our culture, and so few people really <coughs> know of the the kind of tenor of this kind of experience. It would be very rich for us to hear. Uh, a little, just a little bit background. Good.
1: Of these people they are thought to have lived in the Sahara area when it was fertile. And then when it began to dry up, then they moved out. And one group went to southern China, others went to uh, call themselves Burby, Burby. Huh. And uh, they stayed in in Egypt area And with their tremendous power, cutting granite blocks, transporting and fitting them together so perfectly, after many, many years, you can't even slide a piece of paper between them, even now. These are the ones that are keepers of the secret.
0: Mm, so those are the same people Yes The ancient Egyptians around. Who seeded then yeah. Southern China and Polynesia and Yeah, Polynesia And then over eventually to Hawaii Hawaii and Now uh, since we've gone back that far um, Would you say though It was my understanding that The peoples who went to Hawaii Were really originally Lemurian Yes. Yeah? I think they
1: were. were.
0: Well, it was my understanding that the Egyptians in general tended to be affected more by the Atlantean civilization. I have. Could you comment on that? I
1: have studied a lot of things other than theology in seminaries. Uh, I've noticed. Study on my own. There was a master teacher that was involved in teaching Moses and even Abraham from way back, and never written down.
2: Mm,
0: All oral tradition.
1: Yes. And there's a book out called Kabbalan that touches on some of those powerful secrets, but... It's not the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And there's certain principles, seven principles, like as it is above, so it is below. That's one. Mm -hmm. Things like that.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And you begin to organize your own thoughts accordingly if you have studied some of these things.
0: Yes. So uh, you're saying that a lot of this is held in the teachings of the Kabbalah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Kabbalah.
1: And uh, then... Mm. You relate this to our vision quest. I've also read the Jewish mystics, and uh, they can meditate, go out and meditate, so intense they levitate it. Mm-hmm. And we can do almost the same thing in our, in our vision quest without food and water. We're fasting, meditating, and uh, there are many things we can do with that. Mm -hmm. And if I send some people out to Vision Quest, I tune in and I can sometimes visit and see if they need extra help of some kind, or I can feel someone in need so much that I have my pipe available
2: Mm. and
1: and smoke it so that it will surround them and provide the help that they are needing. Mm. And then they have the courage and stamina to keep going, things like that. And all of this seems to kind of tie in. None of these things are competitive. and one better than the other. It's it's all parallel. Sure, sure. sure. Uh huh. And yeah. we work together. And yeah. I don't mix up my teachings and get it all jumbled up. Right, right. I have to stay with one. Yes. And uh, it's mostly the teachings that I got from my own tribe, mm-hmm. the two elders. Mm-hmm. So, but okay. I have used other things, especially in long distance healing and working with a little young girl now whose legs cannot be straightened out has no muscle mass and she she and her family came and stayed 2 weeks went back she was able to turn on her own and now she was in the hospital after she went back she's out now no sign of it they call him emailed us, and, uh, and uh, uh, we kept in contact, and uh, sent some medicine and things like that, and, and the fact that she can raise her arm up like this, which she hasn't done in years, to them it's a big step forward. It may oh, not seem yes. much to other people. I think it would. There's a teaching in that, too. (laughs) Sure. Uh, If you don't use it, you lose it. Like your brain.
0: Exactly. Or
1: any of your limbs.
0: Now that brings us back to what I asked you about, the uh, initiation. Yes. Talking about the use of the mind. Of the mind. By the kahuna. Yes. Would you Uh, mind sharing the story of that with us? We have
1: uh, three selves as compared to oneself in modern psychology, the three selves is the lower mind that equates with the unconscious or the subconscious. And the middle mind, middle self, has to do with the conscious awareness as we do now, reason and make decisions and all that. And then, to get into a certain line of uh, discipline that requires the help from above, the higher mind is about five feet, no closer, it could be more above our heads Mm. but lower can't get to the higher I mean the middle can't get to the higher it's got to go through the lower mind and the lower mind makes that possible by traveling along what is known as the Akka cord and something that can prevent that is that you must not have sinned but their interpretation of sin is not like sin in the Bible that you might read about. Mm -hmm. Their interpretation if you purposely harmed someone then that's sin. Mm. You've got to resolve that. Then it opens the way for you so you go down and as it's there then you do breathing exercises and that breathing is a vital force that surrounds and within and it's very without it we can't live and that's what we're putting in and then the unconscious is converting it into a great uh, vital force that is sent up through your body through the right brain and then takes the silver cord on into the higher mind as our gift it's a people used to call it sacrifice but we like to call it a love offering Mm -hmm. up to the higher mind and then direct and ask and in my initiation they put this stone here and they said we don't want you to crush that stone with just your mind and that's what they meant so on my first try I was able to crush the first stone accept it by the higher mind they were not the ones to decide my acceptance now t- i became one with them <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the one many other things that sure <laughs>
0: the huna are known for their strictness and
1: oh, mastery really
0: yeah mastery of the of the elemental world yeah like like very few
1: even their philosophy phenomenal. parallels a lot of my my own teachings as well as some some that I have learned
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, mm-hmm. uh, all right, uh, one that everybody has in common, the majority of people, they want to be happy. Then we say, well, why aren't you happy? You can have fun, but that's not happiness. Short-lived fun here and there. Happiness is sustaining. There's a sense of happiness even when you're grieving. Mm. That's a big one. You have something within you you can rely upon when you reach out and there's no hand to hold it with you at those times, you can reach within yourself and, and that inner voice says, I was here all the time, I'm still here with you.
0: Would you say, Berhart, that that is this idea of being happy to be alive and just to be alive brings us all different experiences from sadness and grieving to ecstasy and joy, Mm -hmm. but there's like a fundamental just happiness to be alive, to be able to experience whatever it is that the Supreme Being wants us to experience.
1: Yes. uh, uh, Let me tell you a story about, you might, I think it's in that book. (laughs) This (laughs) book? I think I included (laughs) it, yes. Uh I was in a little coffee shop in a small town called Okima, Oklahoma. And this man, is that Chibon son? Atis, come here and mm-hmm. I went over there and sat there.
0: How many languages do you speak by the way?
1: <laughs> well, thirteen. More than you can count. Okay. Thirteen. <laughs> and maybe a little bit more okay. so I can get by in anyway this man says see that old man sitting over there I said yeah he doesn't know our ways he has nothing to pass on to anyone he and I are the same age I grew up with him I know that's why mm-hmm. I know he doesn't know any of our ways and practice them Why I'm telling you this I don't want you just to grow up and be old I want you to be able to share something of experiences of life to someone that can be benefited that's what he told me and happiness to be alive be alive for something Yeah. And when you cry, if nothing more than cleansing your eyes so that you can see the beauty of life, then go ahead and shed tears. Right. (laughs)
0: Exactly, exactly. There's a purpose behind everything. Yes. Is there not? Yeah. As you look forward from the life you've led, seeing the changes that you've witnessed over your mere 83 years what is it that strikes you most in reviewing everything what I mean you've seen us go from I mean in your own life from living a relatively simple life I gather meaning connected to the earth and watching the way your people went from that life into this modern time what stands out most that you would comment on? (laughs) I know it's a hard question.
1: Well, yes, uh, in a way it is. (laughs) You can give a few answers. It's a, it's a, (laughs) it's a way of looking of how to use what you have Acquired and accumulated in the way develop. of knowledge. Oh, okay, and uh, how are you going to use that? How you how will you apply that? And
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then, uh, for instance, like there's the
0: development of technology. For we instance. we have
1: heroes, and there's a lot of heroism. Been lauded. It's not. Necessarily what they did, but who they were in life that did the thing. That's more important than the act itself.
0: Mm-hmm, <laughs> the final act. And
1: they gave 29 co talkers among the Navajos Congressional Medal of Honor. And that code has never been broken even now. And it helped turn the tide in our favor during World War II. Oh,
0: is that so?
1: And could you one, explain what one you was given posthumously posthumously mm-hmm. and uh, then other another one, a family came to stand for him and to receive it for him, couldn't make it but the others were there to receive the medal the most interesting part there were more than 29 but they became the nucleus of the code talkers so that's that. the others got silver stars and others but 29 they fought under our flag wore the uniform of this country even when The state of New Mexico and Arizona, from where they came, did not allow them to vote. (laughs) And yet, they fought, they volunteered, because they live on the land that they love. The connection that you talked about, that's how far we go. When we say connected, we're just not talking, we're living it, And, and because of that threat of this land, they wanted to protect because their loved ones yeah. are living on it also.: sure.
0: You know, we're up to that point where I want to ask you, if you would, to share a prayer from your native teaching.: All right. And after that last story of yours, I think it's so much apropos. All right. <coughs>
1: I will think in my language, but I will speak it in English.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: Unless you want me to do it in my language. If you
0: wouldn't mind. All right, I don't and,
1: mind at uh, all. Okay. 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 Hayumin in kastabized if e gio y chin in ha it la bothine abayahanyad yaomeste ibu meslassi kun abokanyon ho madou.
0: I think many can even gather some of the meaning of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now right. I'll ask you to translate.
1: uh, Well, it's uh, your blessings. We have seen much sadness, many tears. Dry our tears so all of us can live together as one people with better days ahead in this better world.
0: In this better world. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you for including us. (laughs) Berhart, thank you so much. All right. So deeply. Okay. I, I am grateful. Okay. All right. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> You've been a blessing to a better world. Okay. And in the truer and larger sense. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much for being with us. And when you come back to New York, we'll have you on again. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is Mitchell J. Rabin for a better world. God, to continue this beauty and uh, powerful conversation, you can go into this book and uh, continue. To nourish yourself with the wisdom and wondrousness of uh, our dear friend Bearhart. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you all next week.